Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms of Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms of preteens, teens, and young adults. My mission is to first and foremost support and encourage you, mom, so that you can live well and reclaim your life. Two, the show will help you have the best possible relationships with your teens so that you can communicate, motivate, and guide them effectively and actually enjoy them. And third, I will bring you top-notch guests who will share the newest in adolescent research and trends so you can be prepared and aware of what your teens are facing today. Always you will leave each episode armed with practical parenting tips. Welcome back, everyone, to the 220th episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. I'm Colleen O'Grady, the host of the show. It is officially summer. Many of you have college kids that have just come home, and I know you're so glad that they are, but then they go out with their friends till all hours of the night. How do you handle that? You wonder, how does this very independent college student settle back into your home after they have had complete freedom in college? I know many of you have seniors who have just graduated from high school, and a big congratulations to you for getting them across the big finish line. Your teens are out with their friends and are counting the days till they go to college. You're probably feeling that pressure to make the most of this time with your son or daughter before they leave home. I know this is a big transition, and you probably have lots of questions about what is your role and what to expect. If so, I have the perfect summer reading for you. Grab your copy of Dial Up the Dream, Make Your Daughter's Journey to Adulthood the Best for Both of You. This book is filled with practical advice, which came after spending thousands of hours listening to moms of graduated teens and college students. You can buy Dial Up the Dream anywhere books are sold. And if you are a mom on the go, you can order it on Audible. If you're wondering what to give your friend who has a senior, or college student, get them a copy of Dial Up the Dream, and they will be really grateful that you did. In this episode, we're going to talk about the ABCs to developing warrior confidence and becoming bullyproof. With us today is bullyproof expert, Master Rich Grogan, a six-degree black belt and master martial art with 40 years martial arts experience. He has spent the last 30 years of his life teaching coaching, and educating kids and adults with the power of hope, courage, and confidence to believe in themselves, to overcome their fears, to stand up to bullying, and stand out in the crowd, to become bullyproof. In addition, he's the host of the Grogan's Bullyproof Podcast, a certified Ziggler speaker, trainer, and life coach, and the founder of Grogan's Martial Arts, one of the largest martial arts academies in the Midwest. He's a Christian father of three and loving husband. Welcome, Rich. Well, Colleen, how are you today? I'm good. I'm so glad that you're here. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity to chat with you and then to entertain and engage and hopefully educate your listeners, followers, guests, and moms out there, tweens and teens. That's a tough age group. Yes. So are you a parent? And if so, what are the ages of your kids? I am. I've got three kids. I've got a 23-year-old. Well, he's 22. He'll be 23 in like two weeks. His name's Austin. And I know we spoke off the air about Texas. Uh, uh, Cowboys fan. I grew up on a farm. So Austin's a strong, powerful name. So with that, my daughter's in the middle. She's 19. Her name's Madeline. And she'll be 20 
the 1st of June. So they're getting up there in the age there. And then I've got my youngest son. His name's Emmett. Once again, back to the Cowboys fan. And he's 14. They all live here. We just moved to Southwest Florida. I grew up on a farm outside of St. Louis, Missouri, and lived there my whole life. And then two years ago, we moved here to Florida. And everybody's here with us. And we're happy about that. And they're all doing great. Oh, that's awesome. So how did you get interested in Bullyproof? Well, as a kid growing up, I grew up on a farm, so we were definitely poor. And it was one of the ways kids made fun of me when I was younger. And I didn't know any different. All I knew is I had chores around the farm, shoveling horse poop, baling hay, and a ton of acres of grass to cut. And we even had a milk cow at eight, nine years old. I'm out there milking the milk cow. And in grade school, it wasn't too bad. But as I get a little bit older, the kids, one of the things they would say would be like, What's that smell? Oh, oh, that's Richie. He smells like cow food. He's so poor, he can't even afford milk. And I'm like, oh, what? And it just started there and it kind of escalated. And what I found about bullying, like, is this even got an injury and you just let it go and don't do anything about it, it's going to progressively get worse. Mentally, you're going to feel more defeated, more beat down, more worthless. And then when you walk around and portray yourself looking weak and vulnerable and as a victim, then you're going to be victimized and taken advantage of. I often talk about in our martial arts academy, we did women's self-empowerment workshops, which is one of my favorite things to do. The moms would come in and uh, they would come in usually with a group. And so they'd laugh and joke, kind of an icebreaker to get rolling. But then I'd put them in some fairly uncomfortable situations to really bring out what I called their inner warrior. And what I mean by that, the very first thing I'd do, I'd walk toward them. And I can't really say 100% of the time, but I can't recall any time that when I walked right directly at one of the ladies, they didn't yield the right away. They just moved out of the way. And I said, why did you move? And I said, mm. well, because you're going to run over me. I said, well, no, I wasn't. I said, but as soon as I got close and we're making eye contact, you looked down, you looked away. And I said, no, and I'm not saying run me over, but I am saying you need to walk. And that's kind of the ABCs become bullyproof or based off of that. I said, but you walk around confidently, courageously, eye focused. And I said, therefore, you're not looking like a target or a victim. And I'm not saying you got to be like, all right, anybody want to mess with me? No, but walk around confidently. And that kind of led into everything we've been doing at the Martial Arts Academy with the Bullyproof. And it was all about that inner strength, that belief in yourself to stand up to not only bullies, but any challenges, struggles, fears, or most importantly, the biggest bully we'll ever face is the one in our mind that digs up our past, digs up anytime somebody was ever mean or rude to us. So the Bullyproof is all essentially about that confidence, or I like to call it warrior confidence, to believe in yourself. And then the earlier we can instill that message, almost like planting a garden, the earlier we can do that with our kids, the more powerful they're going to be because they're going to believe in themselves. So it's not a matter of if, but when some bully comes along or some jerk comes along or somebody who's rude, mean, and disrespectful comes along, they have enough belief in themselves that they're going to have the, I like to call it your Teflon bullyproof armor shield, where those negative arrows just bounce off as opposed to penetrating and really start doing some damage mentally and physically, emotionally, and spiritually. That's so interesting. So what are some other things that maybe moms do unconsciously that kind of show that they don't have confidence? Well, my dad, when he got out of Vietnam, he became an over-the-road truck driver. So I was raised by my mom, her mom, and my mom's two sisters. So essentially, I was raised by four women. So my heart goes out to all moms, simply because of what my mom had to endure and what she did to, you know, do the best she could for me. And then my grandma was kind of my pillar through everything, through thick and thin. She was always the one I could count on. And then, of course, I know we mentioned off the air, at the Martial Arts Academy, the majority of the parents that would enroll the kids would be the moms. 
So my heart goes out to moms and everything they do. And my wife is a gym. She's been with me 26 years, bless her heart, and uh, helped raise three wonderful kids. And she assumes, you know, a lot of the uh, running the kids, the sports and this and that. And I want to be involved as well. But to answer your question, moms, you just have to believe. And it, words are sometimes cheap, but I want you to absorb these words, if you would, please. I humbly say that with all my heart. Believe in the beautiful God-given gift that you are and what you possess and who you are. And the, the well, they say responsibilities, because it almost sounds tacky, but the gift you've been given to help raise our kids, to help do what, unfortunately, sometimes a lot of dads aren't maybe not willing to do, but don't have the time for, don't prioritize. So believe in yourself and all those gifts. And by doing that, that establishes that self-worth, that self-respect that, hey, you know what? I'm not going to let somebody disrespect me. I'm not going to let somebody talk down to me. I'm not going to let somebody abuse me or victimize me. Why? Because I'm a gift. I'm special. And that's what builds that self-respect. When you have that self-respect, that's what really strengthens that self-worth. But I like to say bullyproof is an inside-out job. We can't fix the outside world if we can't control who we are or believe enough in ourselves. In other words, we can't be a hero or mentor to somebody else if we don't believe that about ourselves. And obviously, there's a fine line. I'm not saying, be, uh, you know, when I'm on men's and dad's podcast, I always got to remind dads, look, there's confidence and then there's cockiness. Let's not go across that line. Well, with moms, oftentimes is, and I've never been, <laughs> can't speak, but I just know from being raised by the four moms and then around my wife, oftentimes I found that a lot of times women tend to devalue their worth and their awesomeness. And I'm just asking moms out there, don't do that. You're special. You're wonderful. And look in that mirror and don't point out all your flaws. Point out, you know, all things you have going for you, your greatness. And what that does is it plants the positive seeds in your mental garden, which is your mind, to help you believe in yourself. So that self-respect, that self-worth starts to radiate out. And it shows in everything you do. So what would warrior confidence look like in moms? It was one of the things in the, the women's self-empowerment workshops. I mentioned, ladies, you're princesses. You always be princesses. But I want to bring out that warrior confidence princess, meaning that just like in the wild, you think a lion goes after the weakest gazelle. Why? It's vulnerable. It's an easy target. Well, the same thing, ladies. I want you to walk around and present yourself with that confidence. And once again, you're not too much of your chest out saying, come get me. <laughs> but you are walking around proud and confident with your head up. I focus in a determined look. And oftentimes I have ladies say, well, I don't want to intimidate men. And I say, well, I'm going to say from a men's point of view, we're weaker here than you probably realize in the mind. What I mean by that is, <laughs> I'm just saying, I taught aerobics for 12 years as well. So I have a connection with a lot of ladies. But our thing is that any man that wants somebody that's a passive pushover and easily to manipulate, it's not for good reason. I want you to believe enough in yourself that you can be a strong, independent woman as well, but walk around carrying yourself in that way, in that fashion. And the reason is the mentors and the heroes of our kids. So our kids are going to follow along and see how we're doing that. And unfortunately, if you have daughters and they see the mom is being mowed over by the dad or just kind of easily taken advantage of, now they're going to have some spite and vengeance. But inevitably, majority of the time, they're going to follow in the mom's footsteps. So I want the moms to have that warrior confidence, that belief in themselves to speak up, stand up for your kids, to talk out if you need to, because with bullying, it doesn't matter if it's kids or adults. The unfortunate situation is one person's doing the bullying. The person being bullied is, you know, defeated down and everyone standing around or even on social media it is there. And they're like, oh, nobody feels good about it. 
but no one has the courage or the belief in themselves to actually say something to stop it. So instead of speaking up, we just allow it to happen. Instead of saying, hey, you know what? That's not funny. Let's knock that off. So if we can kind of teach our kids that at an early age to, hey, be the one to stand up. Now, the reason nobody ever stands up, I shouldn't say ever, but rarely stands up, is because they're intimidated that the bully is now going to turn on them. So it's almost a situation. I'm sorry for that person being bullied, but better than me. Mm -hmm. Now, this is really good because I think a lot of times we would be thinking, you know, our kids being bullied. But I think moms get bullied a lot of times by their teens who they put up with stuff that they shouldn't like the teens telling them to F off and F you. And what would your advice be for those situations? So the advice is kind of preventative. So attack it. Now, if you've already got teens, we'll definitely address that. But moms that are listening that maybe don't have the tweens and teens just yet, communication is key. It's the hugest part of anything. Poor communication leads to misunderstandings, leads to obviously separations, leads to the arguments and the fights because people dig their heels in on both sides. And ladies, I hope I don't sound like I've got it all figured out. I'm a work in progress just like everybody else, but I'm blessed to be on the show here and talk about things that I've battled through, I've learned through a lot of failure on what doesn't work and then continuously trying to work on what works for different age groups. And my background, I actually was a PE teacher for 11 years during the day and I had our martial arts academy, which I owned for almost 30 years in the evenings there. And I got a chance to spend some time over in Korea as well. I was over there four different times. And the respect kind of the Asian culture has compared to the respect that unfortunately the Western culture has, especially when we're dealing with teens, is night and day difference. But I dug in deep a little bit. It all starts with that discipline of respect at an early age. And then it's a learned behavior. Now, granted, when kids reach that tween and teen years, hormones are going out of control and puberty kicks in. And, you know, I just finished reading a book. It's called The Teenage Brain, not too long ago. And it talked about the mom said her daughter was smiling and happy until her hand hit her doorknob. Her hand hit the doorknob and the time the door closed of her walking into the room, the daughter was in a full-blown panic attack, screaming and yelling and having a fit. And she's like, now what the heck happened by her hand simply turning the doorknob and walking into her room? And then she got into the teenage brain with all the hormonal imbalances and everything else. So with the kiddos there, and this is a learned thing too, because I guess I'm very strong-willed. And I raised my daughter, Madeline, to be very strong-willed as well, because I didn't want anybody ever taking advantage of her. And even at early age, he's sparring men in her martial arts academy. And my whole thing was, no one's ever going to mess with Madeline. Well, by raising her that way, that spirited, <laughs> and she's got a lot of mind. I didn't realize she was going to turn that against me when she was 14 and 15 years old. Uh -huh. I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Now, before I learned what I'm trying to share with you now is she would fire off something disrespectful. And fortunately, none of my kids ever told me to F off. Thank goodness for that. But it was kind of planting those seeds along the way. But she would go through her little bits and fits and this and that. And I would like, Madeline, you're not going to talk like that. And we would dig our heels in. And my wife would come along and say, look, she's just like you. So if you're going to relate to her, you're going to have to be the grown-up here <laughs> and find out a better way to talk to her. So I don't like being disrespected, nor does anybody. And all the years in martial arts, respect is a huge part of it. But what I found that worked was Emmett, my 14-year-old, he's kind of seen this growing up. But when she would get mad at me for who knows what reason, I wouldn't let her out. Or, you know, when she first got a phone, we were always looking at the phone. You know, that brings up a whole other story. Parents, if you have bought that phone and you're paying for that phone, that phone is your phone. That means you have the right to look at that phone anytime you want. And oftentimes folks will say, well, it's their phone. I don't want to invade their privacy. Look, 
what's going on on social media, you need to know what they're looking at because their little minds are not mature enough to comprehend and understand that. I mean, our minds are mature enough to comprehend all the stuff on social media. So that's a little side note there. If you're paying for it, it's your phone. If they have nothing to hide, they have no reason not to show it to you. But anyway, the thing that I learned to kind of break the barrier down with Madeline was when she would get upset, I would just say, I would have to be an adult here. So I'm sure ladies, you're much better at this than I am. I, like I said, I learned this from my wife. Maybe we should have her on here. <laughs> she said, so I'd say, Madeline, I know you'd understand, but I just want you to know that I love you. And how can you be so upset with somebody who loves you as much as I do? And then she went, well, yeah, but dad, you just don't understand. I'm like, no, I don't. So let's talk about this. So my point is, instead of me digging my heels in and saying, you're not going to talk to me like that, you're going to be respectful. And then the yelling's going back and forth. And in any argument, it's not the one who raises the voice the most that wins the argument. It's the one who's able to defuse the situation and talk rationally that's going to overcome and win the argument. And plus, when you're throwing the love in there, that's going to bring things down a little bit. And so what would happen? I'd give that approach and then she would cry and then I would try and well, can I just have a minute? Yep. I'd walk out and then I would let her come to me. But instead of me yelling and, you know, possibly a door slamming and everything else, I tried to de-escalate the situation. And that led a lot into the ABCs to become bullyproof. Well, the A is awareness and avoidance. Be aware of what's going on. Avoid unnecessary conflict if you don't need it. And the B is believe in yourself and your bullyproof armor. And that bullyproof armor also means you believe enough in yourself that you don't have to scream and yell and act like, well, in my case, was a fool to try and get your point across. And then the C is to communicate clearly and confidently, like your tiger's eyes and your lion's voice. And that goes two ways. One, if you're walking around, you're not looking like a victim. You're looking like, hey, I can defend myself. And most attackers and predators are weak-minded. So they're wanting to go after somebody who is weaker than them to overcome them. Well, in a situation kind of as a victim, that's where you're proud. Your chest's out, shoulders back, I'm walking around. But in a situation dealing with your kiddos, you're making eye contact with them to let them know. You're not trying to stare them down, but you're just looking at them to let them know that you truly care. So you're speaking not only with your eyes, but with your mouth as well. Yeah. My first book was Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict, Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, A Guide for Mothers Everywhere. And yeah, you said that really well, because if your kids are bullying, being disrespectful to you, you don't want to turn around and be a bully to them. And so I think being bullyproof with your kids is just that you don't react, that you're grounded with your ABCs, with your beliefs, you're grounded knowing that you have the power, that you're the parent. And you stand your ground. And I like the thing that you said about being loving. But you also kind of firmly set a boundary. Is like, you know, that's not okay. You know, we can talk about this stuff. It's okay for you to be upset with me. But it's not okay to F-bomb me. And it's not okay to attack me with your words. And you can just be very, very firm and confident. And they'll back down. And especially if you have the love in there. So let me ask you, so how does the right mindset and positive mental attitude develop self-confidence? It's actually one of my favorite things. And, and uh, but I guess in my book, Becoming Bullyproof, I talk about attitude and effort. And I talk about attitude is the fuel for your mind to push you to have the right amount of effort to accomplish whatever you're working on. And anytime, anytime we accomplish something, obviously we feel good about ourselves. When you feel good about yourself, you're one to attack and take on something else. And that builds up your self-respect. Now, your self-respect is what you do for you. And I believe there's so much disrespect in the world because there's so little self-respect. 
Because when people don't respect themselves, they're not going to respect others. They're not going to respect, I guess, others' feelings or emotions or anything else. Self-respect is such a huge component. And when you work on the attitude, you work on the effort, the positive mental attitude to achieve something that you thought was tough or maybe even impossible, well, that gives you that, yes, I feel good. I feel good about me. And that is kind of the self-respect I'm talking about. And that leads to that self-worth. Now, I kind of went a long way around to get there, but it's it's an extremely big point here. Self-worth is inevitably what keeps you from allowing someone to tell you you're worthless. Because if you believe that I have self-worth, I am somebody, I am special, and you respect yourself enough to believe that, think that, then you're not going to allow someone else to ever be rude or mean or disrespectful to you. That's good. It's almost like your self-worth is a shield. You know what? That would have been a better way to say it. It's kind of, our logo is almost like a a police officer shield or a, a shield that warriors used to carry. And I call that your bullyproof armor. And that shield is built on that self-worth, self-respect, that belief in yourself to block out what I say, the negative arrows of society and the negative arrows. So you try and attack your two most vulnerable areas, your heart and your mind, which is unfortunately, I say vulnerable because if you have a big heart, which you know, hopefully we do, that our heart is out there and that's easily filleted. Or our mind is the housing source of all the negative things that have ever been said about us. And at the worst possible time, our mind goes back to that. You know what? Someone in third grade told me I was short and dumb and stupid. I never mounted anything. And when you're struggling, your mind will go through the Rolodex and bring that file up. You're like, gosh darn. Yeah, and I still have to keep fighting this? Well, the answer is yes. I call it weeds in the garden. You got to dig that weed out. But oftentimes that weed is so deeply rooted that you have to dig it out often more times than not. Yeah. All right. So a lot of the moms are listening. They have kids who have been bullied, cyberbullied, or just bullied. Can you give some advice for those moms of what they can do? I guess for girls and boys, and I don't know if that's different. Yeah. And one of the biggest things with the cyberbullying is, I want to read it to the moms there. That's your device. Please take the time to look at that device as often as you feel you need to. And then watch for clues and cues of your kids. If they're walking around kind of in a depressed, the head down, talk to them. Take the time. You know, you pick them up from school there instead of just the, hey, how's school today? Fine. Okay. Moving on to the next topic. Well, what does fine mean? Help me out. Tell me one fun thing that you did at school today. One thing you enjoyed today. Or tell me one thing that was concerning today. Or did you have an argument or a disagreement with somebody? Now, when you first do this with your kids, they're going to be reluctant. They're, they're going to say, Mom, you know, it was fine. I don't want to talk about it. Well, that's when you really take the time and dig deep. And by doing that early and often and continuously doing that, you'll break down those barriers and the kids will just get used to answering those questions. But as parents, we have to be the ones willing to do that because uh, oftentimes our kids are going to come to us. Because think back when we were younger, or going through the tweens and teens ages, you know, I never shared anything with my parents that was going on. And it's not that they didn't care, but they just didn't ask. And I thought I was the only one dealing with this. So I was the oddball. I was the person that was weird because everybody else has got their stuff together. Now with social media, everybody puts up the filters. So they live in sunshine and rainbow world. Nobody's got any problems in their world. And kids see that. It's one of the worst things for kids, especially like Instagram and Snapchat, because all the filters people can put on that, that they have no flaws, no imperfections, and it gets into the comparison game. And your child has these thoughts like every teenager has that nobody likes me. What's wrong with me? Why do I have pimples on my face? Why am I short? Why am I overweight? You know, whatever negative critique that they see about themselves in the mirror, 
That's why I mentioned the mirror is so powerful. Look in the mirror and don't look for the flaws. Look for the gifts. But you have to train the mind to do that because unfortunately, our mind automatically goes to, I'm not as good as him or her. I'm not as pretty as she is. So we got to talk to the kids about that and keep that communication chain open. But uh, more often, you can plant those positive seeds in that little mill garden. They're going to start to take hold. But at the same time, you have to remind them to communicate with you. All right. So let's talk about if they're bullied and not in a cyberbullying way. They're just bullied at school, bullied with friends, bullied with people on their sports team. How would you talk to the boys about that? How would you talk to the girls about that? The biggest thing is communication. Talk to them. Let them know up front. Because I guess I was hit with bullying as a kid, and it came out of left field. Like, what the heck's going on here? I was almost naive to it. Well, let them know there's going to be kids out there that are going to be rude. They're going to be disrespectful. And, of course, the next question, why? Well, as teens and tweens, I'm sure they've already experienced it. So the biggest thing is to ask them directly, hey, have you ever experienced bullying? Have you ever bullied somebody else? Have you ever seen somebody being bullied? And that's a great gateway to open the conversation up. And then ask them the next question is, how did that make you feel? How did that make you feel, you know, if you were being bullied? How did it make you feel when you're standing around watching someone else being bullied? Or have you ever been rude, mean, and disrespectful to somebody else? And really, how did that make you feel inside? Well, the answer is always going to be the same. It doesn't feel good. Well, if it doesn't feel good, don't do things that make you feel bad. But how do you stop it? Well, you stop it by having the ABCs. Like I said, you get one's the awareness of what's going on. Walking around with a purpose, not walking around kind of with your head in the sand and not paying attention. And the same thing, moms, going out to your car, I talked about this in different power workshops, is you walk out with your eyes up, not on your phone, and you're walking with a purpose and you're noticing what's going on around you. Now, I'm not saying you got to be leery that ninjas are going to jump out of the trees, but just be aware that there are predators out there. So walk around with that purpose, and that's part of the awareness. And the second part is avoidance. If they're around someone who's constantly bullying them or being mean or rude or disrespectful, do what you can to avoid them. On social media, you know, block. And I call it love, block, and delete. And we're supposed to love everybody, but we also need to love ourselves enough to block and delete the negative influences that are causing us pain. So get rid of that. Well, the same thing, if there's a group that continuously is ugly, mean, disrespectful, then avoid them at all costs. Now, I realize sometimes that's impossible to do to avoid them. The next thing is that belief in yourself and that bully-proof armor, which starts with looking in the mirror, finding the gifts, not the flaws, the positive affirmations, that belief in yourself, working hard to achieve something so you feel better about yourself, so to establish that self-worth. So when someone does say something negative, they don't know me. If they knew me, they knew it wouldn't be true. And then the third part, C, communicate clearly and confidently. You might need to use your tiger's eyes and lion's voice to say, enough, and I mean it. It's not funny. I'm not doing, I'm not dealing with that anymore to stand up and say those things, to stop it. And oftentimes, if it's stopped early enough, it never moves on to the next phase, which unfortunately, most bullying starts off with name-calling, shaming, exclusion, and then it moves on from there to the physical bullying. Uh, And it moves on the physical because it's just the next level that the bully needs to go to to get that sensation or that feel or that high of that empowerment. But most of the time, it starts off with a name-calling and exclusion and poking fun at and shaming is another one. Yeah, I like what you said in terms of being proactive with the communication, because I mean, it would apply to girls, but I think for a lot of boys is that they would have shame that they were bullied. So if you can just say, look, guys can be blankety blanks and it happens. And if they pick on you, that doesn't mean it's anything about you. 
It's just that you're the target. So feel free to talk to me about it. You know, I've experienced some of that stuff and love to hear about it and can help you with that. And, and moms, be open with your husband, your spouse, and talk to them saying, hey, mention to your because unfortunately, and we spoke a little bit off the air about a lot of times dads aren't willing to admit that their kid's being bullied because dads view that as a reflection of them not being manly enough to keep their son or daughter from being bullied. Well, that has nothing to do with you and your manliness, <laughs> but it's a reason for us to be a men to be more humble. So why moms talk to them about that and then talk to the because I never shared once again when I was a kid that it was going on. One, my dad's a Vietnam vet and 101st Airborne, so he's a macho man. There's no way in heck. And then my mom, well, she was busy with everything else. And, you know, it was only happening to me. It was my fault. I could have done something different. Well, have that preemptive strike conversation, if you will, with your kids to let them know it's not your fault. You've done nothing to deserve this. When it happens, kind of no matter if, unfortunately, but when, come and talk to me. But you've got to put that out there because oftentimes kids and even adults, we tend to think it's only happening to us. It's only our problem. No one else in the universe has experienced this problem. And of course, nothing can be further than the truth. We're all in this together. We've all experienced some type of bullying or some type of pain related to someone trying to degrade us or put us down. Right. So what can moms do if their son or daughter are the ones who do the bullying? And that's always a big shock when it happens. Because it's always like, my kid? What? Are you kidding me? And most of the time, bullying is a learned behavior. What I mean by that is the most of the kids that do the bullying have learned it either from mom or dad or from an older sibling or a family member. They've seen it or they've been bullied themselves and they feel like it's the only way to get rid of the pain that they're experiencing. But if you find out that your kid's the bully, one, and I'll say this here, be humble enough to take a deep dive look in the mirror at yourself and see what your behaviors are and what you're doing. I talked about this on a show not too long ago. It was a picture of a mom and a six-year-old daughter's in the backseat. They're driving. They're late to get the kid to school. And every day for past year, busy with traffic. And the mom's always cursing and yelling at the people in front of her or morons and going too slow. And this person's an idiot. Oh, my gosh. Well, this day, flying along, and she has to slam on the brakes. She opens her mouth, but before her mouth can say anything, the daughter in the back seat starts saying, you stupid moron, you idiot, you nearly got us killed. What the heck is your problem? And the mom wow. looks in the rearview mirror and says, oh, my gosh, that's a reflection of me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not pointing fingers because I, once again, I'm not perfect at this. But the more I talk about it, the better I get. But it's one of those. They are a reflection of us. And oftentimes, many of the great qualities they pick up, they also pick up the qualities that maybe we wish they wouldn't. So humility is a huge part of learning for us to continuously navigate this thing called parenting, but also help us improve as we continue. If we don't get older, we just season as we season as parents and adults to make sure we're setting the best example. So a lot of times I'll hear moms talk about that they're picking that behavior up from the dad. So how would mom (laughs) talk to the dad about that? The C is probably my favorite one of all of the communication, clearly, because I mentioned earlier about, you know, most separations, divorces, arguments, wars, or anything else is poor communication. You know, one side says this, the other side hears that, you know, they don't hear the same thing. So it's just about having that open conversation and being honest too. And I'm the same brutally honest here where you're trying to degrade somebody, but just have that conversation. You know, hey, your son, that kind of behavior he's illustrating there is not what we want. We need to talk about this. And unfortunately, knucklehead dads, we will 
Well, if he's tough, he's not going to be bullied by someone else. That's why I'm having him do that. When we say, does that mean you want him to be the bully? Well, no, but, uh, but, uh, and a lot of times those dads can't come up with a rational answer to that. So women just know, talk to, and it's probably not an easy conversation, but just like anything else, that first step is always the hardest. But that first step is usually, well, not usually, it's a necessity in order to take that next step. So if you want something to change, you got to take that first hard step. And it all starts with, you know, open, honest communication and talking in a civil manner about it. You know, there's a lot of books, there's a lot of influences, there's a lot of good. I'm going to give a plug for our YouTube channel. What I'm doing there now is all about self-empowerment videos, about believing in yourself, but also how to have those conversations, you know, to talk and not to hide things and not, to, you know, just wish they would go away. This unfortunately, bullying has been around since the beginning of time, since Cain and Abel, and they didn't have social media. So it's not going away. <laughs> what we have to do is we have to address the problem and talk about it. Zig Ziglar would always say, we either talk to our kids and raise them the way we want them to grow up to be, or we allow society to do it. And I guarantee it's going to be opposite than anything we want. So that communication is key. Yeah. And I want to add one thing in terms of the self-esteem is that bullying is just the one side of the coin of poor self-esteem. So feeling shamed or being more victimized by bullying can be more negative self-esteem and then inflated Ego and being bullying is also poor self-esteem. And so part of that, in terms of being trained as a therapist, there's different approaches of how you would deal with those two different personalities. But the bully needs to be pulled down into ground level instead of being over and better and above. And the person who is what I call one down, the one who feels lacks a little bit of confidence needs to be pulled up. So not everyone needs to be pulled up. Bully does not need to be pulled up. They need to be pulled down to level self-esteem. I agree 1,000%. I actually never kind of projected it that way. But yeah, it's all about trying to create a balance the best you can. And I like to say, um, I wrote an article years ago, and it was for a martial arts publication, and it was called Ego versus Humility. And the ego, I like to say, is edging greatness out. And what you're doing is you're saying, I got this figured out. I don't need any help. Well, oftentimes... Ego is a false persona. We build up our ego to cover for our insecurities. Now, uh, most, unfortunately, there are a lot of men's podcasts I'm on. I say that, and they goes, really? I said, yeah. I said, if we want to get better at communicating, at raising our kids to be better parents, coaches, adults, we've got to admit that. You know, we've got to be more humble in who we are instead of putting on this fake facade that we got it all figured out. We don't have any blemishes or scars or we're all tough. And the same thing, mom's talking to your teenage boys. Tell them that. Be honest and open with that. The humility to communicate and continuously try and learn. And my whole goal about planting seeds, example I give all the time is if we want strawberries, those beautiful succulent red strawberries, we've got to plant strawberry seeds. If we don't, then the weeds of society are going to take over our mental garden. Or at the very least, if we think we can plant onion seeds and get strawberries, well, we're, we're mistaking ourselves there. you got to plant the right seeds. So put those seeds in, and you may not think they're doing much, but I'm telling you what, they're combating the negativity out there more than you think. And just like you mentioned about, you know, the ego bringing the bully down and the insecure person whose self-esteem and self-worth is low, you're trying to bring that up to create a little bit of a harmonious balance. And as we know, bullying is one person using their influence, their power, their authority over someone else to, in their mind, raise them higher and put by pushing the other person down. So there's a huge separation and a gap between where the two are. 
I am superior. And they wouldn't say I'm the bully, but all they know is I'm superior. Now this person is below me. So therefore I'm really superior. Well, that isn't how it works. We've got to balance it out a little bit. And so we're on the same level. Same thing with, you mentioned with communicating. If we're yelling back and forth at each other, it's whoever gets their voice higher thinks they win the argument, but nothing can be further from the truth. Yeah, that's great. So do you have any last advice for the moms listening? Well, the biggest thing, and I really enjoy speaking to on podcasts with moms and my heart goes out to moms. I love you. You're beautiful. And I just want you to believe enough in yourself and your self-worth and who you are to not allow anyone to ever manipulate, take advantage of you, disrespect you, and including your kids, including your kids. But at the same time, realize the hormonal imbalances of your kids, what they're going through, and try and reflect back when you were that age, what you went through. And to me, you know, your past experiences are your greatest lessons, right? Your greatest learning, your best education, your best wisdom. But oftentimes we forget to look back in the past on what we had to overcome and what we were going through at that time to help us connect and communicate with our kiddos who are going through it right now. So moms, look at that mirror and teach your daughters to look at that mirror, even in your sons as well. And I'm not saying overinflate the ego, I'm the greatest of all time. Let's not go there, but look in the mirror and instead of looking for the flaws and the blemishes and everything that you pick out that only you know about or somebody 10 years ago said about you, let that go. Find the beauty of who you are and that's going to strengthen that bullyproof armor, strengthen that self-worth and self-esteem and self-respect. And then, of course, now you're going to go into these battles, which they are battles, with a clearer mind and a much more positive attitude than going into it negative or feeling defeated. Because when we feel defeated, we feel negative, we're going to lash out. And that's never, never going to be a good way of connecting with your teens. It is the craziest thing. When I was a PE teacher, I was K through 12. My least favorite group as, as a PE teacher was middle school. Oh, my gosh, it drove me nuts. Unless I stopped teaching and giving more presentations and speeches, the middle school is my favorite age to actually talk to and favorite age to actually coach now because they get some of my dumb, bad dad jokes. <laughs> so they, they get those, but I can really talk to them, even though they're kind of in that tween teen era, but about the respect, about the manners and call it out as far as the eye contact, how to shake hands, how to be appropriate. And I had live a little scenario that they're a business owner and I'm coming in for a job interview and you know, I come in with a bunch of excuses on why I'm late and this and that. And, oh, I can't be expected to work this. And and I said, you're a business owner. Would you want to hire me? And they all laugh. And, oh, heck no, 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 no way. And I said, okay, how many of you have already made those excuses before you've had a job interview to mom and dad or teachers about not having assignments and this and that? And they're like, oh, <laughs> you know, so it kind of hits them. I call it right hook of reality. But the other thing that really kind of, it's another uh, moment that oftentimes steals my heart. I'll get them going and then I'll say, how many of you, when you were younger, dreamed of being an astronaut or a scientist or a physician or a surgeon or a singer or an actor or a pro athlete? And all the hands would go up and I said, okay, who still has that dream? Hardly any hands would go up. And I'd say, wow, why? You're 12 years old. You're 14 years old. You're 15 years old. And I'd pick up a few brave ones and say, well, you know, I took singing lessons, but, you know, I wasn't any good. I said, who told you you weren't any good? Well, I just wasn't any good compared to who? And so they've already, and that's why I said, dial up your dreams. My gosh, that hit my heart because too many kids have given up on their dreams before the dreams ever had a chance to flourish. So good. Thank you so much, Rich, for your time today. This has been really, really helpful. One last thing, a very important thing, is if moms wanted to find you or reach out to you or contact you, where can they find you? Thank you very much for that. My website, it's my last name, grogansbullyproof.com. More, we got another link goes there. It's called Warrior Confidence. That's kind of the new 
I guess, fable on the brand that we're working with to not only help with bullying on social media, online, or in the, the classroom or the playground, but also to help athletes who are bullying themselves. Because oftentimes, when uh, I use baseball analogy a lot, in baseball, you fail 70% of the time as a hitter. But if you hit 300, boy, boy, you're banking in the bigs. But failing 70% of the time is tough. And kids put a lot of, and parents put a lot of pressure on their kids. You know, the chance of being a professional athlete are very, very, very slim. So uh, probably some of us we should have talked about, but it's another part of what we're working with there is helping the parents and the kids understand that, yeah, I want you to do your best. I want you to excel, but also realize setbacks, failures, and challenges are all part of life. So don't give up because the unfortunate part is and too many kids are giving up too soon on themselves, on their dreams, on life. And that leads to tragic, tragic results. You can find me there or on Facebook. And Instagram, it's at that at symbol thing, Warrior Confidence. It's all one word, W-A-R-I-O-R, Confidence, C-O-N-F-I-D-E-N-C-E, all one word, Warrior Confidence. And then the podcast, we've got a podcast called Building Warrior Confidence. And then I mentioned our YouTube channel, which uh, more and more videos we're putting out there to, I guess, attack is a strong word, but I always like that preemptive strike. The more I can empower the kids early and often, the more they're going to have that strength of that bulletproof armor. So when those challenges come along and then on Amazon, we've got two books out. One's called Becoming Bullyproof. It's me as a 12 year old meeting me 40 years later. We go on a journey where the older me is teaching the younger me everything I wish I would have known about believing in myself, standing up for myself, respecting myself, everything we just talked about on the show today. And my other book that just launched uh, four months ago now is a little kid's affirmation book. It's called I Believe in Me, A through Z Positive Affirmations. And it's essentially took every letter of the alphabet and it's teaching the kids the alphabet, but at the same time, it's a positive affirmation to help empower them to believe in themselves. And I've had, I don't know how many countless adults say, man, why don't you write one of these for adults? I said, well, adults can read it too. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all about, you know, looking in that mirror, believing in yourself. You are a yeah. gift. Well, Rich, this is such important work and so needed. So thank you for doing it. Thank you very much. And listeners, thank you very much, ladies, for the beauty you are and the beautiful thing you're doing to raise our next generation. This concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. If this podcast has been helpful, I would absolutely love it if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. This makes it easier for other moms like you to find the support and encouragement they need. Also, my award-winning best-selling books, God Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict, Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, and my newest release book, Dial Up the Dream, Making Your Daughter's Journey to Adulthood the Best for Both of You. You can find both of these books wherever books are sold. And you can find other great resources and contact me at ColleenOGrady.com. And that has two L's and two E's. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>